Season one of Watch With You is made possible by the support of Barry from Podcast in Color. Thank you, Barry. Hi, everybody. This is Lady H here. With me is Lady D. Hi, everyone. And we're taking over Dawn's recording. Uh, we really are, because with us is my nemesis, the one and only Don De Laurente. Now, you've heard about him all season. He has been called my nemesis. He's been praised. He's been villainized, all of which are true. But now you get to hear from the man, the myth, the legend himself, and we are going to allow him to answer for his crimes, to introduce himself to you so that you can boo him like I do when you uh, visit him on Rasselcast or one of his live tweets or spaces. Don De Laurente, how are you today, sir? I am doing well. I am doing well. Thank you for letting me pass through this forbidden door to join you ladies here on the watch with you <laughs> podcast. Um, I'm coming through like Snoop to crush the buildings. Um, I'm here to clear my good name because I've heard some of the uh, comments and um, conversations that's been surrounding me uh, on this podcast over the last few days as I've been doing my research to get ready to come on this show. So I'm here to let everybody know that only a third of what you're hearing is true. I also would love to know that Maurice Madame Lizette, Semi, D.D. Jonay, and uh, Miss V, all of whom are part of the Rasselcast family, got tired of Don dancing all up in his videos. <laughs> so they came on over to where they're respected and developed as artists. Uh, she's treating my podcast network like Vince McMahon did the territories in the early 80s. She's just plucking the best talents I got and trying to get them over to her side. She understands that I'm cultivating stars here on my network. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I mean, is. listen, only one of us is WCW. <laughs> well, And one of us is NXT. That's all I'm saying. Oh, see. That's a low blow. You know NXT is dear to my heart. <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> um, just some things about me. Yes, I am the operator, producer, proprietor of CSPN Media, a podcast network that you can find on the web at CSPN.us. There you can find our podcast underneath the WrestleCast umbrella. So that's the RawCast, the NXT cast, and SmackDown Matters, plus the main show, the WrestleCast. We also have Know the Score, our sports podcast that I do with my co-host, Dwayne. And we also have Agent 70 and Roddy Cat holding down the comic book chronicles. So all of you guys that are into superhero movies and comic books and all of that type of things, we got something there for you guys as well. So please check us out on the web, cspn.us. Now, Lady D and Lady H, I'm here because we wanted to flip the script and let everybody figure some things out about you and me, especially I have some interesting questions I'd like to know because I was kind of on the uh, beginning stages of what became the watch with you podcast, hearing a lot of the sound boards and the discussions behind the scenes that led up to this. So I wanted to kind of dig deeper, had some questions. So I'm going to start with lady D since we haven't heard from her yet. Um, before you became your the host of your own podcast, what podcast were you a fan of? Code Switch and Ratchet and Respectable. What about those two podcasts brought you in? Well, um, Demetria L. Lucas, she talks like she's your friend. You know, you're right there with her having your glass of wine and being silly, talking about everything from pop culture to news and it was just fun and as good relaxing for on my way home driving from work or just trying to unwind on the weekend and then code switch lady h and my dad introduced me to both um and it challenge makes you think and challenges your mind and what happens you know in society with race so i enjoyed those so that was mostly what i listened to Okay. Are and those, other than that. Are those two podcasts still current? Yes. Okay. And then we started uh, Read This, Read That, 
because we both like uh, Joanne Reed and Jackie Reed. So, um, and that's on break. So, but I still listen to it once it comes back. All right, Lady H, same question. Uh, podcasts that you were a fan of before you started your own. Oh, see, I go back podcasting way back in a day. So it's one of the first podcasts that I started with is still going and it's Daytime Confidential. And it talks about soap operas. And it was so far back in the day, we still had nine soap operas on the air. Oh, wow. And Yeah. And so that was one of my ways of keeping abreast and track of all of the soap operas. And uh, my first apparatus wasn't an iPod. It was a Zencaster. So I also had Zencasts. And that is when I really became a NPR junkie and started listening to all of the NPR casts. And then, of course, I love wrestling. So that's how I found you. And I was a fan until I met you. <laughs> uh, that seems to be this, uh, the case in, in a lot of places. Um, yeah, everybody is fond of my better half than they are of me whenever they uh, meet us for the first time. So, yeah, I can get that. I can get that. Um, through the journey of listening through those podcasts through the years, um, we'll start with you, Lady H. At what moment did you think, mm, I want to do my own podcast? Uh, Toni Morrison said, if you don't see what, well, I'm going to paraphrasing Toni Morrison. If you don't see what you want, do it yourself. So she actually says, if you, if there's, uh, if you're not reading what you want to read, write it yourself. So there were some things in podcasting that I was missing and I thought, hmm, why don't I try it myself? And for a few times, you know, it took me a while to get there, but that's, that's essentially what it was. Okay. Okay. Lady D same question. Uh, when was that moment that you decided, man, I think I want to do this podcasting thing. I don't know if it was a specific moment. Um, Lady H and I always talk about what we've been watching on TV and going back and forth and, I kind of had been bugging her for a while to do something together. And she finally gave in. Persistence is the key. Yes. Did the two of you have a relationship through social media or in real life before the start of this podcast? That's for whoever wants to answer first. We have been friends since we are 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she is my sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Okay. Now, see, that makes for a different dynamic because uh, my co-hosts is a little bit different. We just kind of all met through Twitter and kind of through interacting through social media, but not really a, a real life uh, connection as much as you two do have. So uh, definitely um, comes through um, in the podcast. So, yeah, that definitely opens my eyes to a, a, the chemistry that you guys have together. Um since this is the Watch With You podcast, I guess it would be only right for me to figure out, well, what genres of TV appeal to the both of you? So, Lady H, I'll let you start with it, that question. Uh, genres of television uh, that appeal to you? Sci-fi, combat sports, and I like basketball and ice hockey, too. So, I like sports. I like westerns, as long as they're not racist. Um, is that I like most? Is that really huh? possible? Can westerns really not be racist? Well, posse's not racist. Well, you know, I mean, racist against black people and Native Americans, indigenous First Nations people. That's what I mean. Okay, um, gotcha. Yeah, like that type of a deal. But speculative fiction. I said sci-fi, but really speculative fiction. I can do some romance, but not Hallmark movies. I don't really like Hallmark movies. Stop I, hating on the Hallmark. <laughs> I missile-hoed my way through Hallmark for her, and I was like, I don't want to go back. Um, <laughs> I don't really like Hallmark or Lifetime that tough, but I like soap operas just fine, and I can deal with some rom-coms. Uh, I like it when Black people are, or people of color, but mainly Black people, are centered and respected 
and lift it up well. Give me a complete story. Don't make it predictable. So this is when shots are fired at Tyler Perry. Um, Because you asked me what I liked, not what I didn't. So I I would say that uh, I love mysteries and I do like to be challenged. So that's what I like. Okay. Lady D, same question. The genres of TV that appeal to you. I watch some sci-fi, not all, not all sci-fi, mostly Star Trek. Um, I watch dramas. I watch made-for-TV movies, Hallmark, (laughs) some Lifetime, not all Lifetime, because some Lifetime movies are just, they're, as we used to say, the battered woman's network, because they're just too predictable. It's the same storyline over and over. But occasionally they have some good ones. So watch that. Soap operas. Um, As I got Lady H hooked on soap operas many, many years ago. She actually is more up to date with them than I am. Um, Some suspense. I like um, cop shows. It is uh, sometimes contradictory, but I like them. I watch, you know, Law and Order and Walker. Like, Mm, what else do I watch? Romance and reality TV. Since you both have a strong love of soap operas, uh, what is your favorite soap opera? Or it, since, uh, like Lady H said, we've had them drastically cut down. Uh, is it one that is currently not uh, in production, but just your favorite soap opera? So Lady D, I'll let you start with that one. My favorite soap opera is The Young and the Restless. Okay. Victor, Jack, and and all of them, huh? Yes, all of them. And the iconic theme song. Lady That's H, right. your favorite? Oh, man. Because uh, I've watched all of them. I would say right now it's Days of Our Lives. Okay. Uh, I think that they're hilarious. Other than that, classically, I really liked One Life to Live. What would you attribute to the extinction of most of the daytime soap opera uh, content that we all had as a part of our lives, some of us more than others, because they had to be in charge of the VCR for our mothers uh, to make sure that those things got recorded so they'd have their soap operas for the evening. Uh, But is there a particular change in television or is there a landmark um, thing that you can point to that kind of shifted Daytime TV away from the soaps? I can. Yes, go ahead. The O.J. Simpson trial. Um. They never recovered. So what television found out, especially broadcast networks found out, was that uh, the law shows, uh, the lawyer shows Mm -hmm. that are in syndication, all of that counts as daytime TV. Mm -hmm. And that that was... A reality and those types of shows were cheaper to produce mm-hmm. than having the uh, costumes and sets and going on location and the actors and things of that nature. So they never recovered from that point. Very interesting. Very interesting that the OJ trial and the day to day coverage of that trial, which Basically, if you're on the uh, East Coast, especially interrupted your daytime television uh, would kind of be the start of that. Um, Very interesting. Um, I think you guys answered this uh, in the beginning with your question about what made you want to start a podcast. But um, I'll ask it in this way. Was it a lack of representation or a lack of content centered around black women and femmes and media that initially got the ball rolling? Um, Lady D, I'll let you start with that. Um, I think it was the lack of representation that covered across the spectrum. Particularly, we we took a subject matter mm-hmm. and went with that. We started with uh, Black women in romance in period pieces. That wasn't talked about a lot. Okay, okay. Uh, Lady H, I'll ask you this question. How difficult was the process of determining what y'all wanted the show to be about? How difficult was it to narrow it down exactly? 
So the origin story goes that I was watching Bridgerton with my mother and the first season. And I said to Lady D, like, I think you'd like this show. So we benched it the day after Christmas uh, and then day after that or so. So pretty quickly. And then I said to her, you would probably like it. So during that time uh, where she was watching it, I had time to say, kind of, I want to talk about this thing and let me look on social media. And what I was finding was a whole lot of white conversations and uh, vitriol because how dare the Duke be black and the queen be black. And, you know, black people were slaves then. Like, what? They couldn't be royalty? All of those types of conversations. And I was lamenting that. And that's when Lady D said, well, why don't we just do a podcast? And that's what got the ball rolling. So it was not seeing conversations about this topic and this thing and saying, okay, well, if black women wanted to talk about uh, Bridgerton, this this uh, phenomenon that we liked in a safe space, why don't we offer that to them? Okay. My next question is, once the podcasting began, uh, what did each of you consider your strengths and your weaknesses as first-time podcast hosts? So, Lady H, I'll let you start with that question. Oh, strengths and weaknesses. I would say that my greatest strength was the fact that I had guested on podcasts before. I had listened to podcasts, and I thought about doing a podcast, so I kind of knew what I wanted it to sound like um, and I could figure out the format and then I also knew and this is my greatest greatest strength was my network so although you are my nemesis I knew that I could ask you questions I knew that I could ask uh, rain from carefree blurred questions I knew that I could uh, talk to someone like Madame Lizette who was watching Bridgerton too and had a lot to say and that she could jump on and be a guest and hold our hands through that process of being a host to and not having just a conversation with each other, which we've been having for over 30 years, but um, with someone else without lots and lots of gaps. So when we were figuring it out, having veterans who we knew and knew the subject matter and we could just be vulnerable with was definitely a strength I felt. Lady D, I'll ask you about your strengths that you felt that you brought to the podcast as a first-time host. But I can talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's about it. <laughs> I can talk a whole lot. I think she's underselling it, but okay. <laughs> no, that Lady H will tell you, I used to get in trouble in school all the time for talking too much, didn't I? Well, being as though I had an ignore button, girl, I didn't know. <laughs> um, anything else besides just your ability to uh, talk a lot? Anything else that you felt was a, a strength coming into this? But, but I've watched a lot of varieties of television and things and movies, so definitely could hold that subject matter for a while. All right. So with strengths, there also come weaknesses. So, Lady D, what do you what did you feel uh, starting out at the very, very beginning of this was a weakness of yours? My weakness was I don't have networks, <laughs> not those type of networks, not for podcasting and that I had never done any podcasting. And Lady H, what did you feel were uh, weaknesses uh, just starting out? I didn't know how to edit. Um, I wasn't really sure about the format and the flow because it's not just two people on the microphone and talking like you need some structure. It's the ebb and flow because one thing that I think was a weakness that we found out was even though she talks a lot, she talks a lot about the things Lady D talks about the things that she likes. So we would find things that fit the star theme of the podcast and didn't like it. And so it was hard trying to find things to say, uh, you know, not necessarily to fill time, but just to give it a thorough review and to be fair to our listeners. So it was, I'm like, oh man, I'm talking too much. I felt like that was a, a weakness 
of how do you then, and also editing in terms of not just trying to clean up sound, which was a problem, understanding technology, but also how do you edit people's voices so that they are fully heard and expressed, but clear in terms of, you know, you want people to have said what they said. And I, and I do use your, the Don De La Vente rules, but what happens when the sound is robotic? What happens when you're overlapping? What happens when it came out muffled or things of that nature? How do you edit it then, but still want your guest or your co-host to have fully expressed what they wanted to say? So that gave and gives me a lot of anxiety. And that's definitely a weakness. Well, wait till you take it to the next level and y'all start doing video. That's a whole nother ball of wax of editing. A whole oh, that'll never happen. Whole different yeah. set of uh whole different set of principles and everything that comes from from that. Oh, you'll get there. No, no, I won't. I won't because I don't like being on screen. <laughs> Well, she she really does not. She does not like being on screen. She doesn't like pictures. Like, that's not a joke. We have to get you guys there because I'm sure the people are going to be like, hey, we need like a live show. We need a we need to see our hosts. We need to, you know, put the faces with the names and the voices. So I'm pretty sure there'll be some type of live element or video accompaniment to this podcast. And then we'll take it to a crash course through a wonder share. And and this pandemic? (laughs) Uh -uh. Um, Podcasts, of course, are all about building a community of listeners. So as hosts of the Watch With You podcast, Lady D, um, who who are you trying to attract through your podcast? The listeners, the community that you're trying to build in your your eyes? Well, just anyone that wants to feel free to express themselves that have some of the same ideas that we have about, you know, black people not necessarily being represented or talked about necessarily in a positive light on television or have the communities have visceral reactions to us being in places that they don't think we should be. And we think we should be there. Well, we know we should be there. It's not a think. We know we should be there and we deserve to be there too. So just anyone that wants to come on this ride in our friendship that has evolved to us just chit-chatting about television and movies and even sometimes music. All right. Lady H, same question. Um, who are, what is the community you're trying to build and attract through your podcast? Scholars. Outside of what Lady D said, I think what would make me really happy is if some people assign some of our podcasts in their classroom or put it on their syllabus, but black women and their allies. All right. All right. Now, of course there's, everybody has a idea of what they think podcasting is and what it will be. So coming into this, now that you are almost through your first season, what is something that you found was a lot easier that, you know, when it comes to starting a podcast or doing a podcast than you initially thought it would be before you guys started your first season? So Lady H, what's something that you found that was easier than you thought it would be when it came to podcasting? Finding guests who had an interest in black women in period pieces. I thought that we were going to be few and far between and no. A lot of Bridgerton helped a lot. Hamilton helped a lot in terms of opening people's minds and also create with it being so popular with people feeling comfortable enough to acknowledge that they like this thing. But that surprised me for sure. Uh, finding other people who are willing to go a little bit deeper and talk about, oh, yeah, I watched Sylvie's Love. I watched this. I watched that. I, and the other things that we watched and connected with other people. Okay. Lady D, same question. Something that was easier about podcasting than you thought it would be. People following us <laughs> and that they enjoy us. Yeah, because at points you do kind of wonder, are you just talking into a vacuum? You 
find yourself entertaining at times, I'm sure, between the two of you. But, yeah, it's always a big um, question mark if, you know, outside of the two people or three people on a call having a conversation, if they dig it. So definitely can understand uh, where you could have a little apprehension about that prior to it starting. Um, you know, my next question will be, what was something that is harder about podcasting than you thought it would be? So, Lady D, I'll let you start with that one. Being still. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lady H, your answer to something that was harder about podcasting than you thought it would be. Being organized in terms of coordinating schedules, finding quiet spaces, the technology communicating. So it's like the perfect storm to get a clear uh, broadcast. Also finding subject matter and then having access to the subject matter, because sometimes you can realize that something exists, but have difficulty accessing it like still star crossed. Um, so I thought I'll, I'll end it there, but that was harder than I thought that it would be. At what point in season one do you feel as host you found your on-air chemistry, not only with being the host and how the show flows, but with each other as well? So, um, Lady H, you want to start there? I don't have an answer for that. I don't know that that I know for sure that we have. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Lady D, do you have an answer for that? Do you feel like there is a certain point in season one where you felt your on-air chemistry? I'm with Lady H. No, because every episode is different where sometimes we're super serious. Sometimes we're really silly. It's no set thing. Okay. It's just, we just kind of start talking and it goes where it goes. All right. All right. So basically you guys are, um, you think with your real life, chemistry and your real life relationship that there probably wasn't really a need to search for an on-air chemistry because you guys have a lifetime of it just naturally. Yeah. And then also when we have guests on, so that changes the dynamic a little bit. Right. Also some of the subject matter where it's kind of hard to have a lot of jokey jokes if we're talking about enslaved people. (laughs) So things of that nature. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, I think impacts it. Um, I, oh, go ahead, Lady D. I'm sorry. No, I said I agree with that. Um, this was something that interests me personally as a producer and person who creates content. Um, discuss your approach to formatting the podcast into seasons. Um, you know, we're coming to the end of season one, as you stated at the beginning of the programming. And then I guess you guys will take a small pause and then you'll have season two. Um, so kind of what came into the thought process of being able to break it down into seasons instead of just going from, you know, show one to show 1000 that most podcasts use as their formatting. Anyone who wants to jump in first, it's open ended to either one. I think lady H came up with doing seasons just because she's been around this long enough. And she came up with this so we could definitely have some needed breaks. I am, am a full-time business owner with my parents and my life is super busy, um, chaotic a lot. Most of the times when we're podcasting and recording, I am working at the same time because my, my job never sleeps. So I think she put that in mind for both of us to have some respite. All right. Lady H. I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. But also... I started looking at this academically. So I thought about this as a project. And the last project that I did of this magnitude was a dissertation. And when you do research like that, you want to start whittling it down into a manageable chunk. And if we're going to talk about television, you talk, you asked us earlier in this podcast, like, well, what do you watch? And we watch a variety of things. And the first way that we whittled it down was to say, we want to talk about black women and fems. Okay. 
So that whittled it down significantly. So, but what about Black women in films? Well, you know, we started this with Bridgerton. Well, what is Bridgerton? It's a period piece. Okay, it's a romantic period piece. It has Black people in it. So, you know, like that's kind of how we started. And then it helped shape things so we can say in research and looking at topics, does this fit our topic? No, we can have a, like a bonus or talk about it in other ways, but I think it helped us as a guide to understand, you know, to not go off the rails too, too much and to give us a break and say, okay, this topic is done. Let's end it here. And then, you know, helps with research for another topic and say, this is when this topic is done, we're going to stop. And then we can reevaluate and say, do we want to do a season three? Do we want to do a season four? But it was really just to kind of give us parameters in time and topic. Okay. Okay. Now, um, in your mind, when you're putting all this together in your planning stages, was there a set number of episodes that you want to try to contain each season two, or you just kind of would feel the stopping point when you got there? Lady H, I'll, I'll make sure you that I'm asking you that question. I just felt like we said all we were going to say <laughs> for, for season one anyway, is to just look at our life, look at our time and say, is there anything else that we can do or say on this topic and leave it at that. And with season two, it was because that's a different and varied topic where we have far more material than I just chose some things and ran it by Lady D to say, okay, does this make sense? And then we'll try to uh, fill it between them. Cause we have about nine topic areas, but that doesn't mean we're going to have nine podcasts. We'll probably have several podcasts within the topic. I think we'll end it when the topics are addressed and it feels right. Okay. Well, as you have gone through this very first inaugural season of the Watch With You pod, I want to, if you can, because they're like children, it's hard to come out openly and declare a favorite. But in your estimation from the two of you, what was the best show of season one? So, Lady D, I'll ask you first. In your estimation, what do you feel was the best show of season one? Our Bridgerton men's tall episode. I think that was the best one. Uh, what particularly about that episode highlights it above the rest? Because we actually got the men engaged in our conversations about how they felt about pieces that we normally traditionally think women just watch. But the men had big thoughts and big feelings. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, can you highlight some of the people who were on that show and uh, just kind of or some of the poignant thoughts that kind of or the, or the overarching theme? that the men left you with for that particular episode? Uh, we had Rain and Mo, and they gave us their great selections on, um, we like to tie literature into lots of things um, that we watch, and they gave us their whole list of um, literary recommendations, plus they're just hilarious. <laughs> Lady H, same question to you, dear. Um Estimation, best show of season one. Mm, I don't know if it's aired yet. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. I can say that we've had some highlights. So uh, Lady D talked about the men tell all. They've come through a few times, uh, Maurice and Rain. But also we had an audio kickback talking about seven days in June and cut up uh, Mo. And Rain, my cousin Nikki, came through for that. I will also say that uh, Lady A, a.k.a. Talia Sings, came through and she sang and I poorly rapped on our Hamilton <laughs> episode. That was, I think, a highlight if folk haven't heard that one. Uh, anytime we do wrestling with... Miss V and Madame Lizette, and we do a forever young reunion, young cast reunion. Those are always good. And I will say Queen Mel Mindy, who also is a part of the Russell cast family, 
and she gives really good <laughs> insight and she's a hopeless romantic. I'm saying even though uh, she she's our married at first sight watcher and she actually likes Pastor Kyle, but Pastor Kyle sends Lady D and I to the moon. So it's, <laughs> it's always funny when she's like, I like Pastor Kyle. I'm like, mm-hmm, you like mm-hmm, by yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically, mm-hmm. Pastor Kyle can go sit somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I think a, a lot of that, I would say that anytime the guests have come, but when it's both of us in the earlier episodes, even though we were using Anchor to record, even though the sound was not great, um, just the the resources and the references to some of the things that we tied back to the earlier Bridgerton episodes, I, I was happy about. Um, but yeah, I think, I think those are... I, it's hard to just pick one, and honestly, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if it's aired yet, because okay. you know we have some upcoming ones that I'm also. Let me ask you in this form: <laughs> What, in your estimation, was your favorite show of the season? Maybe that'll maybe help you narrow it down a little bit. I can tell you the one that tickles me. It's a tie. As much as I complain about watching Christmas movies, oh my God, do I hate those Christmas movies on Lifetime and Hallmark. I had a little bit of tipple. So when we uh, missile our way through Harlem and was super giggly with that one. But I think that the one that popped the crowd was when I poorly rapped. Okay. And, and convinced um, Talia to sing. And she did extraordinarily well. And I not so much, but everybody who listens to that episode feels the joy and that makes me happy. Okay. Okay. Lady D, your favorite episode of season one. Um, I think it was my Bridgerton episode where my cousin Talia came on. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was um, tickled to be invited. And I think she really enjoyed herself. And I think it showed through. Plus, she sang for us. And Lady D rapped. But we know Lady D raps. I mean, Lady H raps. She's been I would say Lady D time. don't rap. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Lady H raps. But she's been doing that forever. So I think that was my favorite. Because that was actually my guess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Wait, I want to do a clarification because... Uh, Lady A, a.k.a. Talia Sings, has been on twice for a Bridgerton-esque episode. So there was the B-side where we talked about the differences for season two between the book and the show. And then we did a Hamilton episode where we talked about Satisfied and the season two. So if you want to hear Lady A sing... You want to go for Hamilton and Satisfied. But if you are interested in hearing the differences between the book and the show, that is Bridgerton B-side. Both I do recommend. Yeah, just put them in and run them back to back and then you don't miss anything. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So as season two approaches... Uh, what are some of the topics and themes that your listeners can look forward to? If you guys want to split that up or Lady H, you want to kind of take the lead on that. So for season two, we are going to be focusing on black speculative fiction and black imagination. So some of the topics that you can look forward to um, is really under the umbrella of, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I can say. Uh, yeah, don't get yeah, too much away. I know, well, you right? Could, you could say we cover. We're going to cover a little bit of everything. We're going to cover fantasy. Mm-hmm. We're going to cover time travel. We're going to cover traditional things like werewolves and vampires. Um, what else? Um, Girl, time traveling magic, ain't on this. Magic. You know that, right? You know time, time traveling on this, right? <laughs> oh, look. <laughs> we look. Okay, so you revamped it a little bit. Okay, good. Time travel, not on it. Uh, well, time and- travel is because Star Trek is set in the future, way, way, way in the future. Oh, that's what you call it, time travel. Okay, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking timeless. about necessarily going between 
going back and forth between times. No. Well, girl, ain't that what time future, travel is? It is, but future time. Future time. It's set off in the future. Okay, we'll, Lord we'll Jesus. take like that. Lord it Jesus. is. Actually, there is time travel because we talk about the 4400. That's under Octavius. Okay. Okay. But it is time travel. Uh, uh, they, 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 uh, I'm going I'm to let you have that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we also going to talk about the Flash, in, in, yeah. in particular, Excess and Nora, and she does some time travel. So I'm like, okay, see, so see, um, we did have some time travel in there. Yes, yeah, so we also are going to spotlight some people. We're going to talk about Nichelle Nichols and give her her flowers. We invited Tatiana King to help us do that. We also are going to talk to fellow podcaster Letitia Jones who does introspectional podcasts we're gonna kick it off with the guru the man behind uh, the academic life aka the ratchetemic M. Haynes if you want to understand what is speculative fiction you got to start with him he is the brain behind it so our very first episode is going to start laying the theoretical framework of the work that's out there and um, where we go from there. We're going to cover Lovecraft Country because I don't know how many guests have come on this show and said Lovecraft Country about something. Um, also, Sleepy Hollow. People, like we, we, are, we have thoughts and feelings, so we're definitely going to go there. But um, we're going to continue to hold Black women and femmes in the center and just imagine possibilities of their lives right. and, and immort- their immortal lives. Right, right. Is there a particular show, book, or one of these? Uh, let see, we've got, I think, nine different uh, topics here. Is there mm-hmm. one that you're looking forward to digging into more the most I'll say not more than others but just the most I feel like Legendborn is probably in Black Girl Magic because Lady H and all of her friends have been telling me when am I going to get to reading the book so I think I'm anticipating that maybe the most because everybody is like you need to get it so you can be ready for book two I think that's probably my most anticipated Okay. Lady H? That's exactly where I was going to go, was Black Girl Magic. Because not only are we going to talk about Legendborn and the sequel, but that's when we're going to dig into hoodoo and conjuring and all of the ways that uh, Black women have been portrayed as magical beings. And look at it not just... um, I want to say just kind of restructure it because not take a look at it as something that's exotic or something that should be feared, but something that is like celebrates the everyday magic that we may have had or experienced in our own lives and just notice the more in the media and text that we consume. Okay. As we near the end of our uh, conversation here, I just want to, tell the both of you that I am very proud of your endeavor to go out and start this podcast. Like you said, to make a lane that wasn't there. Um, now we have the ability to do that as black people more than ever. And this is not a very easy task to embark upon as both of you have commented on, especially when it comes to time and guests and production and um, just content in general. So I just want to give you your flowers individually here on the podcast because I've been entertained for hours listening to the shows getting to um, understand what the podcast is, where it's going, where it's headed uh, through this conversation has definitely made the conversations I heard and the topics brought up um, much more um, I have a deeper understanding and um, a baseline now from where you guys see your topics. And I just want everybody to continue to support 
the Watch With You podcast. You know I'm here to help in any way that I can. Even though I am a nemesis, I am a fan. And that will always be first when it comes to supporting uh, the Watch With You podcast. Thank you, Don. So, well, first I have to ask you, since you have listened, which episode would you recommend for a new listener to start their journey with us? I would probably say the very first Bridgerton podcast. It, you know, it's the introduction to everybody. It's the introduction to the two hosts. It's the introduction to the brand new show. And it's very fun and enlightening, especially for someone who was kind of like, I'm hearing things about this Bridgerton, but I've never really watched it. I don't really have time, but I can find out what all the real hubbub is about the way that we want it presented. And I just thought that that first episode kind of encompasses and sets the tone for everything else that came afterward. Um, I thought the very first um, reunion of the Forever Young cast uh, is definitely my probably personal favorite uh, one that you guys did uh, for the season, just because it's like, oh, it's my it's my team back together again. Um, you know, taking the measures to, to get together and do what you guys always do, which is talk about wrestling in a very entertaining and fun way. So that one definitely was uh, one that I was happy to see show up on my podcast queue. Lady D, do you have anything you want to say, Don, before I, I have to say something? Okay. Well, thank you, Don, for coming on and interviewing us. That's, you know, it's nice. I appreciate Focus it. Of- Thank y'all for having me. You're welcome. What you want to say, Lady H? Don is my nemesis because Don wants me to do what Don wants me to do when Don wants me to do it. However, and look at him, he can't even deny it. And he can't deny it because he said it on the summit. However, I love you, Don. I love you, you too, Lady H. I know you do. I would say that it's it's good to know that there's always room at the table and the table has seats for black people that we do support each other because, I mean, just look at it like he knows he can count on me. I can count on him. The even though he accused me of running into territory and poaching other guests, <laughs> it's true. It is. It's damn true. I'm going to quote Kurt Angle. It's true. And it's damn true. But it's the fact that we are all a family and that is something that CSPN Network has done well and established. And we've all literally been together consistently for over six years. And that is due to Don's leadership. So you said you get you were gifted from classic the um, the network, but honest for your birthday gift. But honestly, I don't think that there could have been anybody else on this planet that could have had a birthday gift or not. So it is yours and you have made it your own. And I'm also very, very proud of to see what you have accomplished and 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 uh, what comes next, especially since he's talking about being in a video and a live show. Yeah. Um, you know, various levels of camera, camera, um, you know, clarity kind of makes that difficult, but if we could ever maybe uh, coordinate where we could get, you know, two or three of us in the same place that were probably requiring me to make a trip to the, uh, the Baltimore, D.C., Maryland uh, area. Maybe we could get Mo and Didi Janae together and we could do something uh, as, as a live show. That would definitely be fun and something that I would be definitely interested in entertaining one day. But, uh, you know, we're still making these small steps and uh, small steps eventually become giant steps. So we'll keep everybody informed. But this is not about the WrestleCast and CSPN. This is about Watch With You Pod and mm-hmm. some closing thoughts, um, just um, heading into season two. How are y'all feeling uh, about the wrapping up of season one and uh, heading into your break and then diving into season two? So, Lady D, I'll let you start with that. I think season one was phenomenal. We had great guests. We had a great producer and editor and best friend. So I am excited to take a break. Um it all 
I'm going to miss it while on break because um, this podcast is actually a good release of energy for me and helps me to forget about all the madness that is my everyday (laughs) work life. I'm going to miss it, but need the break so that we can refocus on making season two and having it be just as good as season one and better. All right. Lady H, your, um, you know, your final thoughts on season one going into season two. It was a learning experience and I am very humbled that people listen. I am always ecstatic when people tweet us about it. Cause I come play with y'all on Twitter. Uh, if you tweet me, I tweet back and yeah, I'm looking forward to see what develops in season two, trying to balance the academic portion of it that will inevitably emerge and the fun. And I really, really, really just want it to be a showcase of joy and liberation and most importantly, imagination. So I do look forward to seeing what comes next. I am so humbled. Let me just say some names. Now I can start with you. Don De Laurenti, Queen Mel Mindy, Dee Jonay, Dr. Katie M. Powell, Mo Reese, Rain Coleman, Miss V, Madame Lizette, Talia Sings. Did I miss anybody? I think those are all of our guests. Oh, Nikki. I don't think she told me I could say her last name. Cousin Nikki. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Did we name all of the guests? For season one. For, one, for season I think, one. Yes. I think we did name all of our season one guests. Yeah, because we had a lot of repeats. And I say, we could not have done it without you. Thank you so much. And uh, for holding my hand through it all, because they did. There were days when I had headaches. And I could just, I knew that I was like, you know what? I can just let them talk. And they did. So, I, I don't, you know, it's going to get better because this was a learning experience and I could just, I just look forward to see what happens next. And thank you all for listening. All right. Well, thank you for your time, ladies. And uh, this has been a very interesting and eye-opening experience for me. So listeners, continue to support, listen, subscribe to Watch With You podcast. Hey, Watchers, it's Lady D here, and Lady H is back as well. To celebrate the end of season one. (laughs) Yay, we have made it through a whole season with almost close to 50 episodes. I don't Mm -hmm. know when we started this if we thought it was going to be 50 episodes, but Mm -hmm. here we are. It is Mm -hmm. almost 50 episodes. (laughs) When we started this, I thought it was going to be 12 episodes, (laughs) and then you would never hear from us again. Except for me on Rasselcast, dunking on Don. <laughs> but I think that we had a phenomenal first season. We had some great guests, lots mm-hmm. of great guests that help us have our premiere season be phenomenal. I mean, we had a lot of guests. Mm-hmm. We had friends and family and colleagues that came on to talk. I think we realized that there were some of the people that we know had way more interest in romance than we maybe initially thought. Um, Also just uh, caping for black women in period pieces, not necessarily all romance, but period pieces. So I think that was fun and exciting. I got to meet some new people through Lady H and her vast network of people, colleagues, friends, fellow podcasters. Um, I think it was a good first season. I think that Lady H helped stretch our imaginations into thinking about what are period pieces. And by doing a lot of research to figure out what we were watching, and she found things from just about every era for us to watch. And I thank you for that. Thank you, too. Okay, well, you're welcome, but thank you, too. So. I <laughs> I think that if I had to summarize this season in a word, it's ape shit. Oh my goodness. What? 
It was all over the place, wasn't it? No, that's not what <laughs> no, I mean at all. No, I don't mean all over the place. I mean, it was it was crazy in a good way. That's not what I mean at all. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you remember there was a Beyonce and Jay-Z song called Ape Shit. Do you remember that song? Oh, yeah. So if you don't know about the song... What I mean by going ape shit, it really isn't so much the song as it is the video. The video was done in the Louvre. They rented it out. And it was all about this juxtaposition of Black Americans being in and recognized as art within white Western classical art pieces. And I feel as though our season did that, where we we were looking for the black art within white classical pieces and so therefore i felt like we went ape shit and i thank you all for coming with us and i look forward to season two but before i do that let me like give lady her flowers she likes to say that she bugged me to do this podcast and like wore me down and I finally said yes. Bullshit. Uh I don't ever remember her asking me. I probably would have said no though. I ain't gonna fit in a lie. But she's blowing her nose now, so she can't be she she can't talk shit about it. But but in all seriousness, um she asked, I said yes, but she has been supportive, especially because her job is 24-7. Her mind is often in three places at once. She is a very busy person. And yet and still, she will find time to sit as still as she possibly can, which, ooh, child, that's a, that's a struggle. But she will find time to show up and be here. And I have tried very, very hard to say, girl, for you, Showing up is half the is more than half the battle. So I'll take care of everything else because your time is the one resource you can never get back. So thank you very much for spending your time with me and your time with us and a little bit of yourself, not a lot of bit of yourself, but a little bit of yourself with the audience. And um, you are certainly the fan favorite because I talk too much, but they love you. So I get messages because they know I'm the one on Twitter. They're like, oh, yeah, Lady D be dropping gems. I'm like, yeah, she do from time to time. I wouldn't have kept her around all these years if she didn't. I wouldn't have. Mm -mm. I've gotten rid of others. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> the FBI has a file. No, <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That is very nice and very sweet. And considering how I'm feeling today, I really appreciate that. <laughs> so... I really had fun. <laughs> so and we gonna be back for season two. I'm shutting you up because she's in tears. <laughs> so we gotta go. We're gonna be back for season two, and she's actually gonna read Legendborn. Yay! I am. I bought it last. Was it last weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Here it is. They didn't have a hardback, but Ooh, that's I'm okay. Glad I'm glad to see it, girl. You know what? I'm glad you got that one. Yours is shinier than mine. <laughs> Well, yeah, the the, leg, the legend born is shiny, and, and then of the course, green. and the um award is shiny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I can't. It's a little thick, but it's a lot thick. A little thick is not the word, and the the writing is really tiny, which is bad for me. Mm -hmm. But I am gonna read it so I can be ready for book number two. And Lady H knows I don't normally read books out of order, but. Mm -hmm. I've been reading a lot of books out of order. For, and you're still alive. I am still alive for our mm -hmm. podcast. So I think we should give them just a little snidbit peek of season two, because as they've seen in season one, we do a book. Mm -hmm. And I think we should go ahead and tell people what we're going to read for season two so that they can pick it up and try to fit it in so that they can, when it's time for that episode, they'll be able to jump right in. Oh, well, we're going to do something a little bit differently next season because, as you've mentioned, we are talking about Legend Born by Tracy Dion. 
That book is over 500 pages. It came out in 2020. Uh, we have a podcast with Miss Simi and Madame Lizette talking about it. I'm going to try to also get a little bit from Lady D because she has the paperback version from Barnes & Noble, which has a, another story. Uh, so she'll be able to tell us about that one because I don't believe that Simi and Madame Lizette and I have that story. So I'm going to try to get that and at that end. But the second book in the Legendborn cycle comes out November the 8th. It's called, well, I won't say the name of it, but it's also a big read. And we know everybody's busy. We know that it's going to be coming out during mistlehole season and that people will probably be very um, busy with seeing family and Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving or doing all those things. So what we want to do is a slow read, which means if you get the book, we're going to just read it the little by little. And we're going to try to have spaces and other ways where you can kind of jump in and out and read at your own pace, but kind of have an accountability partner or some friends to say like oh my god did you get to the space without worrying that you've spoiled it because we will let you know in advance so right now one thing that you can do is pick up legend born and read it and just be prepared for season two i have a companion guide to go with legend born already done it's gonna be on the website very soon between breaks and then just be prepared for November 8th and the second book, which we'll be reading together slowly. In the meantime, well, we're on break. So season two, we're coming back in October. We won't be posting new full episodes unless something pops off or whatever, but we'll still be on Twitter. You can find me at Foodies Meow or at Watch With You Podcast. You can find Lady D where? At Asia Dar. A-S-I-A-D-A-R-R on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. So you can find us there. Our links are in our bio and we may do some other spaces, but the full season that'll be coming sometime in October. You will see it. You will also find some other things like there may be a bingo card uh, coming <laughs> But yeah, I think that that's pretty much it. I just will say, you know, thank you all for going ape shit with me and with Lady D. Thank you. And I think thank Lady H for all of her executive producing and yeah. her uh, scholastic uh, updates to our website and putting together our syllabi and citing our sources. She lets that academic degree work for her many times mm -hmm. and works it for us. So we thank her. Yeah, you're welcome. And it can work for you. You just need to send me a tweet or, a, you know, a DM <laughs> or a text. I ain't, I'm not joking. I, you know, I feel like, yo, cite your shit. They don't yeah. really have podcast citations. So I made one up just like. <laughs> so, hey. yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for, again, joining us for this season, making it so much fun and enjoying every bit of it. And I can't wait to talk to you all in season two. How about you, ADH? See you on Twitter. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this edition of not quite a Watch With You podcast, but a little bit of an adjunct. We are celebrating season two of Watch With You and we are doing Black imagination and Black speculative fiction. And how can we do that without a little bit of Black girl magic? So to celebrate, we are going to talk Legend Born by Tracy Dion. And this is book one of the Legend Born cycle. And it's a very long book and I can't talk about it by myself. Lady D, my regular co-host, has yet to read it. So... This is my invitation. Okay, this is me begging. I said, girl, get on the train and come on and read this so we can be ready for book two. But you know who has read it? Podcast fave, very first guest, Madame Lizette. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. And for the very first time, another book lover, a general hospital watcher, a wrestling aficionado, 
we have Semi. Semi, welcome to Watch With You podcast. Hello, how are you? Okay, so this is our first time meeting you. Yes. What would you like our listeners to know about you? Um, hey, I'm Semi. Uh, I was born in the Ivory Coast in West Africa. I moved here when I was like five. I like soap operas. I like wrestling. I love Beyonce and I love a whole bunch of nerd shit. So <laughs> that's me. All right now. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome. So we're going to start off with a synopsis of the book and I'm just going to read it right from the, oh, wait, we have it up. So does yeah. anybody else want to read the synopsis? Here you go, putting people to work. <laughs> but you know darn good and well that I, I I don't have y'all do nothing that I won't do. So mm. okay, I will I will do my best to get this all together. Okay, so here's a synopsis filled with mystery and an intriguingly rich magic system. Tracy Dion's YA contemporary fantasy, Legendborn offers the dark allure of City of Bones with a modern day twist on a classic legend and a lot of southern black girl magic. After her mother dies in an accident, 16-year-old Bree Matthews wants nothing to do with her family's memories or childhood home. A residential program for bright high schoolers at UNC Chapel Hill seems like the perfect escape until Bree witnesses a magical attack on her very first night on campus. A flying demon feeding on human energies. A secret society of so-called legend-born students that hunt the creatures down and a mysterious mage who calls himself a Merlin and who attempts and fails to wipe Spree's memory of everything she saw. The mage's failure unlocks Bree's own unique magic and a buried memory with a hidden connection. The night her mother died, another Merlin was at the hospital. Now that Bree knows there's more to her mother's death than what's on the police report, she'll do whatever it takes to find out the truth, even if it means infiltrating the legendborn as one of their in initiates. She recruits Nick, a self-exiled legendborn with his own grudge against the group, and their reluctant partnership pulls them deeper into the society's secrets and closer to each other. But when the legendborn reveal themselves as the descendants of King Arthur's knights and explain that a magical war is coming, Bree has to decide how far she'll go for the truth and whether she uses her magic to take the society down or join the fight. There we go. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We invite you to send us your feedback, musings, puns, and comments at watchwithyoupod at gmail.com. On Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, watchwithyoupod.